Hey everyone, and welcome back to Making Custom, the Podiumware podcast. I'm once again Aaron Thomas Smith, your host and Podiumware employee with a pro level Zoom account. In our second episode, we talk with Lauren Pryor, our lead product developer. Lauren walks us through how she came to become an employee at Podiumware and provides insight into one of the most important parts of making apparel the fabric. Thank you for joining us and be sure to subscribe for a new episode every other Monday morning in 2021. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Making Custom, the Podiumware podcast. We are here today with Lauren Pryor of uh, uh she is she is actually our product development lead at podium where we're so excited to have her on to talk to us about our uh, you know what she does at Podiumware, how she ended up at Podiumware, um how she wasn't always product development lead so how she became a product development lead at Podiumware, uh and we're excited to share with you some information about sport fabric uh that you might not have known before um, so, uh, Lauren, why don't you, uh, real quick, just, uh, tell us who you are and, and, you know, what, what does a, uh, product development lead do, uh, at Podiumware? Yeah. So I think this is going to be my fourth year at Podiumware. So time really flies. Congrats. Fun. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I guess generally what I do, um, I am, the proofer of the artwork, uh, technical term for that before it goes downstairs to production. So I'm checking to make sure all the colors are consistent. Uh, I'm checking to see if any of the artwork is going to get obstructed by zippers or seams or um, kind of just doing a final check after the designers have done their magic with it to make sure it's um, ready for production, ready to be printed and sewn and shipped to the customer. So that's what I do. I also work directly with um, production to make sure that they're able to manage their capacities, um, making sure that if a customer has an event date that we're getting their stuff down to production as soon as we can. So they have enough time to print it sewers have enough time to sew it and we can get it to that customer before their event date. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of working directly with them to make sure that happens, make sure they're not taking too much overtime. Um, you know, kind of trying to keep their schedule consistent is the goal um, with that. Down in the production room? Yes. Yep. So we don't want them having a uh, 50 hour week, one week, and then a 10 hour week the next because uh, the production is uneven. And uh, yeah, so I kind of try and help them level that out. So I got eyes on production all the time. And I also am the one who manages and orders all of our fabric and our trims, um, keeping up with inventory in that sense. So we always have the materials to make all the things. (laughs) that's good good. you know minor detail well it's hard to get something done on time if we don't have the fabric to make it so that's exactly uh, exactly i see how your role is really just kind of helping all aspects are helping to produce that same result that we're looking for which is an on-time shipment of every customer's order which we're you know not to toot our own horn we're pretty good at it that's something that's very important to us and 
Um, I think something like 98% of our orders went out before they were supposed to this year. We're very good at, at making sure that um, everything gets out when it's when it's supposed to. Now, that, that said, there are occasionally times when a customer would like something before we're going to say we're shipping it. But um, right. by and large, you're doing a good job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've, I've learned from a lot of mistakes. Uh, and yeah, it's always always a challenge, but you know, we're, we all manage it together and yeah, I think we do a good job. Pretty good job. Most of the Pretty time. Good. Pretty it's good. Good, to do good. Yeah. So now how did you end up at, po- cause I remember, uh, when you started, uh, you were an intern at Podiumware, Um, and, and how did you end up, you know, what, I think you were in college then, or maybe just fresh out of college where we, where we had you start with us. And, and if you could tell us a little bit more about, uh, your journey in the, the company, that would be great. Yeah. So my background, uh, I went to school for apparel design at UW-Stout over in good old Menominee, Wisconsin. Uh, And to graduate, you do need two internships to graduate. So I had um, the year, my junior year, I had an internship in New York. And then, um, you know, my my senior year. Yeah. What were you doing in New York, Lauren? This is the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah, I was a product development intern in New York, uh, living the unpaid intern life, uh, living at NYU and walking to work every day, lived there for yeah, like three months. So it was definitely a fun time. But I mean, it sounds like a Netflix original series. It kind of was. I basically was Gossip Girl. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I decided my second internship, I wanted to be a little closer to home. So uh, my mom actually was the one that kind of opened my eyes to Podium Wear. I hadn't really heard of it, but she uh, worked for the St. Paul Chamber and she took a tour of Podium Wear at some point. And was like, hey, you should check them out. They're really cool. And actually, Christine, who is um, my boss at Podium Wear, she was on our advisory board at Stout. So it's just like a board of industry professionals that kind of um, give us insight into the real the real world of apparel. And uh, she was one of those professionals on the board. And so I reached out to her and was like, hey, I think your company's cool. Do you want to intern? And... She was like, yeah, we would love for you to come interview. Uh, I think, yeah, a couple, couple months later, I probably came and interviewed and um, it was in a blizzard. I was driving to St. Paul in a blizzard. So that was fun. Very on brand for us. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I had my interview with Christine and I just, we just clicked right away. It felt like I'd known her for forever. And uh, if you know Christine, she's just a very personable person and she's just so friendly and uh, yeah we just hit it off right away and I knew that it would be a good fit and was hoping she felt the same and uh, yeah couple I think like a week later I got the internship and I started in in the summer and about a month after I started uh, Christine asked me to be a full-time employee so of course, right out of college, graduated, I couldn't say no. And I had loved my time at Podium Wear thus far. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, I started as a junior graphic designer, oh. uh, which very, very fancy title. Mm-hmm. But um, 
yeah, slowly kind of realized that I didn't want to do as much design work. I was more interested in product development um, and just kind of dove right in. Christine took me under her wing. And uh, I think this summer was when I got my promotion to product development lead. Mm -hmm. So trying to learn all the things as fast as I can, but it's been really fun. So I've really enjoyed Podium Art. Well, that's, that is a, a really important thing for us is that, you know, the people who do work for us, if they're, if they're a good fit for our culture, we want to make sure that they're in the right seat and they're doing the job that makes the most sense for them and, and gets them excited for the day and, you know, keeps them moving forward. So it's, you know, I think that's a great example of that where we identified that you were a perfect fit for our culture. You still are. And, and, you know, the, the role you were in didn't make the most sense for you and, and, and we were able to get you to a position that I think is really going to benefit um, everyone at the company, but um, also yourself, just so that you're you're where you should be and where you feel like you should be. And you can grow um, not just in the company, but also as a person. That's something that I think is really important to us. So um, that's awesome. That's uh, that's that's great. And Christine is fantastic. You know, she's our, our integrator. She's the person that really keeps everything together and um, I think exemplifies all of our core values on a daily basis, very consistently. So, um, that's great. And for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, we'll get into it later. Uh, but, but just <laughs> kind of the heart of podium where we have, we have three core values that are very important to us. And, um, that's kind of how we evaluate, um, who, you know, who stays on and, and who doesn't. So that's, that's great. Um, so the, speaking of, so now that you are the product development lead, and you are doing a lot more with, with product development and fabric sourcing and trim sourcing. So, you know, how do we choose at Podium Wear what fabric to use for a particular piece? You know, we have our, our Nordic line, which requires a lot of thermal retention and, and water repellency. And we have our cycling line where we're looking more at wicking and we're looking at stretch and durability. And then we have our soccer line where you know, durability and wicking is, is key, but also, you know, the, the color fastness because we are dyeing pieces individually. So what, when you're looking at uh, uh, designing a new product for us, how are you, what are, what's the checklist or whatever it is that you're using to, to find that perfect fabric for our, our new product? Yeah. So kind of just touching on what you already mentioned, but I think it's really important when we're trying to find the best fabric for the product we're developing to keep in mind those um, characteristics that are really important for each sport. So like you said, cycling is really about, um, you know, moisture management, breathability. Um, does the fabric have antimicrobial characteristics to it? Um, if it needs to be compressive, how, um, how well does that fabric take the dye from the the sublimation and, you know, does it white out when it's tight on the body? You know, just thinking about the end product, really, like, how is this all going to work? Um, what are they wearing this for? Um, and how can we help their performance um, with the fabric? So, you know, Nordic, like you said, it, it really is about thermal, um, water resistant, wind resistant, even anti-pill characteristics are things that we look at because when you're skiing and, you know, maybe you have your gloves on, mm -hmm. uh, on our gold Nordic suit, actually, one of the features on the hip area is a anti-pill fabric, just so, you know, when you're doing that repetitive motion of um, 
your gloves maybe rubbing against your hips. We, we really wanted a fabric that would stand up to that, um, that repetitive motion without um, ripping or breaking or pilling or. So real quick, can you explain what, what pilling is or, or what picking is? Because I feel like with our full custom dye sublimation process um, where, you know, we're taking a white fabric and we're, we're dyeing it uh, using a, a transfer machine uh, and, and we're really dyeing it from one side. So what, what does it mean when there's a pick or a, or a pill on the fabric? Yep. So a pick or a pill, really, it depends on the thickness of the fabric. Um, so our more breathable fabrics have a lot more um, to the eye. They'll just look like they have more holes to them or they're a little thinner in areas, um, which gives it that breathable characteristic. But if you were to, um, you know, rub against something or your Velcro on your backpack happened to catch that, you will notice a pill, uh, which is just like the, the thread in the fabric slightly ripping um, and causing that visual pill or uh, tear or snag, um, which is something that we really try to avoid because it, it really can make your garment look just visually uh, of a lower quality, I guess. Um, but also performance wise, you know, we don't want to give a client something that is just going to inherently pill all the time and just look terrible and won't perform, won't help you perform at your best basically. Um, so yeah, that's just something that we really try and avoid. So we try and source fabrics that are going to be the best for their end use basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we have really great relationships with our fabric vendors, um, over time, we we really have our core vendors that we like to um, first go to when we're developing a new product, kind of try and look look what they offer um, before we try and source somewhere else, just because the relationships we have are really strong and they really, um, they I feel like they care about us and we care about them. So that's important to us. You know, we have fabric vendors all over the world, um, Hong Kong to... Italy and Switzerland and Los Angeles. And right now we're starting to work with a new mill in North Carolina, actually. So that's our newest one. That's um, pretty exciting. So that'll replace one of our vendors um, from China. So that's, that's exciting for us to. That's great news. Yeah. We like to keep things around here, like to keep things in the States as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, and would you say, I mean, there's a, kind of what I'm hearing and, and just to kind of lay it out is, is there's a, a, a trade-off location, like what we're talking about, you know, we want the wicking, we want the lightweight uh, fabric, um, but that might lead to less durability over time because yep. of the, the wicking characteristics of the fabric. Exactly. So exactly. It seems to me that you have this very difficult job of trying to not just balance, you know, the the technical aspect versus, you know, durability or, you know, wicking ability or, or anything else, but also, um, you know, just how it feels, how it presents. There's, there's various fabrics that, um, when I, as a salesperson, am showing people, um, there's a shorthand there where you put it between your, your, your fingers and, and, you know, if, if it feels like something that they've enjoyed in the past, they're going to immediately assign quality to it, even if the fabric might not be a good quality. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so that's, that's tough, man. That's, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <glad> <laughs> <you're> <laughs> <doing>. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so another, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say another aspect of like how we decide what fabrics to use. Um, you know, a lot of our products offer multiple fabrics. Um, so, you know, our jackets, I think it's important for our Nordic jackets, especially a lot of them have that wind resistant capability, but when you have that soft shell fabric that's wind resistant, it you lose that breathability. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of have to think of, okay, how can we make this really uh, functional, great jacket be a little more breathable? So um, you can wear it while you're skiing or doing different activities. So we kind of have to think troubleshoot in that way. Like, okay, so a lot of our Nordic jackets have mesh underarms so there's more breathability that way and um you know with cycling we have uh our side panels are oftentimes different contrasting fabrics to give it more stretch and um just really make it the most comfortable when you're wearing it uh you know when you're riding or wearing it when you're skiing all of our products are meant to fit best when they're used in their specific sport. So I think that's an important thing to always keep in mind when we're developing. So. Well, and I think just to, to what you're saying, my, one of my favorite products, the Arrowhead jacket, mm-hmm. um, which is specifically developed for winter cycling, fat bike racing in Minnesota. Right. So we're talking, you know, 20 degrees and less Fahrenheit and, you know, sometimes getting into negative, you know, 15 you know, 17 degrees, um, you know, that jacket has a very, uh, uh, you know, wind resistant front, very moisture resistant front, but the the back panels, um, the side panels, it's a lighter fabric. It's a fabric that has more, more wicking capabilities to it. Um, and it's amazing when I'm going riding with people and we'll be on a hard ride on, on the fat bikes and you can see the steam coming off the back. Um, and that's great because one of the worst things about, you know, you can get a jacket that's going to keep you, you know, 360 protection but if someone's mm-hmm. not uh really thinking about well hey we need to let the moisture out otherwise it'll stay trapped and eventually refreeze um i think the arrowhead is a great example of of what you're talking about which is that consideration of you know not just what is the fabric going to do but also what is the fabric doing um all over the the jacket and does it make sense to use the same fabric on the front as the back and and so on so yeah cool lots well, of stuff yeah. <laughs> all, all the stuff. So what, just to make your life easier, right. We're putting this out there. There's probably going to be tens of listeners. Oh, uh, totally. podcast. Um, what is one thing you wish uh, more people knew about podium wear fabric? What, what is the thing that you would like to, to just get out there so that people could, um, you know, maybe that understanding would, would help make my job a little bit easier in sales. Yeah. I think just for people to understand and appreciate, I guess, that uh, all the thought and um, love that goes behind all the products, as cheesy as that is, I feel like uh, we really just try and put our customer hat on when we're developing and just try and make the best product for them. So um, we just try and source the best fabrics. um, And yeah, I feel like just the amount of time that goes into all the small details of each garment is just something that uh, I hope people recognize when they wear our products. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. I, I, I hope they do too. And, and well, having been a part of that development process, um, you know, especially for, uh, I'm a cyclist myself. I love, I love riding my bike and 
Um, you know, the bronze bib was uh, a product that I was really excited about. We revamped it for last, last year. And, um, just the, the considerations of the fit and, you know, how, how high up the bib goes and the chamois placement and all of that. It, it really is, I think a perfect, uh, culmination of what you're talking about, which is, you know, it's designed for riding on the bike. It's designed for, for a cyclist, but it's not designed for sitting in a coffee shop chair, unfortunately. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that is, I would say my, my favorite example of that. And I know you, you worked hard on that as well. So, um, thank you, Lauren, for, for all of your hard work and, um, and thank you for being on this podcast. Really appreciate hearing from, uh, the production side of things and, and looking forward to hearing more from, uh, everyone else in the company. But, um, is there anything else that you want, uh, everyone out there to know before we wrap up or, um, I don't think so. I think just stay tuned for lots of other, um, great insight from Podiumware. So well, we'll see, uh, how much, uh, my, my, uh, attention span, uh, gets out of this, but, uh, <laughs> I'm shooting, shooting for 10 episodes. I think be episodes will be good. And then, and then we can go on to something else, but okay. thank you so much, Lauren. Uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, and, uh, to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Um, and we will uh, see you all in two weeks. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we're up to. Episode three is coming up next and will feature an interview with two of our sales reps who also happen to be NICA coaches. Till next time, this has been Aaron Thomas Smith, your Podiumware employee with a ProZoom account.